to sing for me what you will say. Um, I have to introduce myself. I am El Seva Balshura. My father didn't know what your keeper is. That's as far as you can go. Yeah? So, um, so I grew up in Switzerland. And there was a community there, and out of the community that was a situation within the community that there was learning going on. And we were out of the state, there wasn't a, a separation between, church, between religion and state that went together. So they had to have religious uh, information at school, and the Swiss people understood that you can't teach a Jewish boy Christianity. That was... They were as intelligent that you can't do that. So we all had to go to the rabbi. So I was sitting next to people. On one side there was a son of Oshiva, and on the other side there was someone which ate chazo, kifute. Yes, I was sitting in between two. That was a, that was a setup because that was a, a kehila which everyone was together. This togetherness in the kehila made us that we were interested in Judaism as young. People. That was not the real Chazal Mature, the way you think that, you know, you, I got enlightened and I had, so, I had some, some lightning coming down 15 feet next to me, and that was so shocking that, uh, no, no, nothing like this. It was simply the, the, the community which made that. We are six children in my family, five of them are from. The one which is not, but she went through in her life. There are a lot of very Haredi people which went through that and they became absolutely fried. So I don't know the sixth one, how to put that. But those are the six children. So that's my story regarding Judaism that I'm not, I'm not um, FFP, you call it, you know. No. But really not. And uh, I learned mathematics at university. And, uh, but uh, in the middle of the study of mathematics, I, I decided to go to Yeshiva. So I okay, went to Mir Yeshiva and then there I stayed. And then uh, I had all different kinds of contacts with people. So that's my story. So that was always my feeling that that was my obligation to deal also with people which are Chayzbuchuwe. Because, yes, I have a now a influence of people which are from from birth way beyond what I expected ever but I can't say that this is my whole life endeavor because I can't uh, deny my own history and that is central to Judaism one of the central points in Judaism is and that is a thing which we have to discuss that together is that you never deny your own history. You never do that. Never ever. And there are a lot of people which think that I have to <coughs> break my own history because uh, I have to throw away my past, you know, and now only future oriented first of all doesn't work. And second, that is a lack of belief because there is no mistake in your life history. It's absolutely no mistake. No one made any mistake in your own life history. That means there wasn't a mistake that I was born to parents 
which are non from the, the Boreolim didn't make a mistake with that. Yeah? I made my mistakes, okay, that's my own thing. But my life history is not mistaken. So I have to believe in that, that what I grew up, the way I grew up, it's part of my life. Yeah, very important. And a lot of people which are Chayzeva Tshuva, they try to they try to fight against that. And that makes it not healthy, that makes it not the way it has to be. So, I want to only emphasize one thing and then I want to ask you. The point that there is no mistake in life means that life is always there to teach you something. Always. Yeah? Life is something which is educating me. That's what life is about. Yeah? All the endeavors and all the difficulties and all the encounters I have, they are there to educate me. They want something from me. So the difference between, that is a very secular concept. I could say that to, in a TED talk, yeah? I can go and speak to 20 minutes because today's even shorter, that's right? The attention, the attention span of the people which are so intelligent, unbelievable. The attention span of them is also around 12, 15 minutes, something like this, you do that? So more you can't speak today. But, uh, but uh, I could speak that out in a TED talk, you know, that uh, your healthy approach to your own life is that you understand your life is educating you. You are not always trying, that's, that's what the American people do, to try to achieve a goal, or try to achieve something, that's a very big thing in America, and then the obstacles which are in your life, they are there to overcome. Is that intelligent? Is that in any way intelligent? that your whole life is only to overcome the obstacles on that, on that goal you are setting yourself which you don't know whether it's healthy for you is that healthy? is that intelligent? it's one of the most silly things I ever heard you know who tells you that your goal you set to yourself it's healthy for you I am diabetes type 2 so I have to make exercise. So one of the exercises I could do is weightlifting. Yeah? Weightlifting. So I can make the weightlifting and I know how to dumbbell know how that goes, you know. You did it? For sure. <laughs> so 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 uh, so you you're making dumbbell lifting. So I I could go and set me a goal. You know, I can lift uh, I reach, which was, uh, I don't know, I, I don't know it in kilo, you know. I can lift uh, 80 kilo, I can do that, but I could make a goal for 120, 130 kilo. Why not? I can try it with, you know, work. I, I could reach it, but I'm already 60, and my knees would be destroyed when I reach the goal. That's right. You know, there are very, very important, very people which are very well known, which out of of uh, weightlifting, they destroyed their knees. They destroyed it. Yeah? You have to be careful. But you don't know it beforehand. They didn't make it on purpose. It happened like this. So where do you know that your goal, which you are setting yourself, 
doesn't destroy yourself. Where do you know that from? You don't. don't. You don't. And now, the whole thing you do is not learning from your life what it teaches you. It's only overcoming the obstacle in order to reach a a thing which perhaps is not healthy for you. Do you think that's intelligent? No. But you know that everyone does that. That's right. I have a dream. Uh Even Zelensky said it. I have a dream. Okay, you have a dream. That you have by night. But by day, please, uh, change your modus operandi, you know. I beg you, you know. By day, you don't dream. By day, you you do work, you know. I had a dream. You had a dream. Very nice, huh? Very inspiring. So what? So what? But that is the American dream, huh? You have a dream, you will actualize it. So now this is the big question. The big question I have to you, you have a very interesting life behind you or your back. You know, you have a very interesting life in front of you. So, what did your life teach you? Not what did you decide, that's not so interesting. What were you taught? Did you, do you approach your life in a way that your life is teaching you something. Listening. Teaching you. Huh? You understand the difference? It's not that I am standing there and I decide. No. Something comes towards me and teaches me something. And that's my own life. It teaches me something. The difference between a person which believes and a secular person, which this, I, what I now will tell you, that I can't speak out in a TED talk because they will shoot, you know. Because the, the difference is, we believe not that life is educating me, we believe that there is an educator behind my life which educates me through my life. That's the difference, you know. I believe that someone is there which educates me through the life incidents he educates me a secular person wouldn't say that he would say that it, it is I think you call that in English a psychological construct yeah? you make a you're making that up in your own psyche that you are thinking it would be a better a better approach to life when you think that your life is educating you but by me when I am a believer it doesn't mean that it's a more intelligent approach. I think there is a reality there that means there is someone there which educates me, which wants something from me that I should grow from my own life experience. So what do you do with that? I give you an example which is very actual now. Not so funny, there are good things also that educate you, you know. I can tell you after a good thing, which I have to think what it educates me. But today it's a terrible thing. You know, I had that nice trip planned over here. My good friend planned a trip with me. We ordered tickets. I've gone to New York, and then I go to Dallas, then I go to Los Angeles, and then I go back. Yeah? And now, 
now uh, a good friend of mine uh, lost his boy, six years old, out of infection, of a, like a, a hole in the in the intestine. That means he had afterwards a a septic shock. Didn't survive that. Then now I have to go to visit him. So what do you do? Besides crying, you know. Okay, I'll cry. Yes, I'll do that. But what do you do? When you are a believer, what do you do? What do you do? Huh? You believe. So what do you say? That's for sure you say that. And what else? You believe. What do you say? you have a clue what to say? What would you say when you be a, bar, a rabbi or a believer and you come to such a tragedy? What do you think what, what someone says? you have a clue or you have no clue? Yeah. Say, no, you, you say, you have something to say, no? What am I to learn from this? That's what you would, you would say? Mm-hmm. Or is there someone else which would say something else? What? If God let it happen, it's supposed to happen. It's supposed to happen. And even more, that would be that's 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 a little bit cold, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Or nothing. Just listen. That would be very good. Yeah. What uh, what would you? Nothing. Just listen. No other proposals. Ah, there's a certain purpose there. Or if the boy served the purpose, six year old is a little bit difficult, you know. Yeah, now we still You know, you can't say it, you know, you can't scream, you know, you don't have to lift your hands, you know. What, what's your. Yeah, that's what he said, okay, that's what you do, yeah. But besides that, yeah. I would imagine if it was a six year old child, there's really not much I could say to that father that would make him feel better. You would? I would say if it was a six-year-old child, there's really not much I'd be able to say to that father to make him feel better at the time. I would say, I'm sorry for your loss. I would say, I hope to remember it as a blessing. And that's that's it. it. So you you are not really in by the Haredi Tzibo. Because when you would be Haredi, there would be a proposal like this. I would tell him, what? No, what would you see by That's right. Good. All good. I'm very impressed. But normally you say, you don't see it, but it's everything for the good. That's what you would say as a pastor, you know. It's everything for the good. That's what you would say. That's what you would say? No, I wouldn't say. (laughs) No, that's what you would say. When you, you would say that, when you would be very much into 
this religious behavior and I think it's wrong. It's terribly wrong. No. No. Oh no. no. I believe in that. I believe in that, that there are all different kinds of things which are hidden in front of my eyes. But that's not the relate that's not the, how I relate to it. This is the thing which I keep in my heart. But how I relate to it, I try to learn something from that. I try to grow from it. I try to make, give it in a certain way a, a sensible outlet that it should be workable for them. Yeah? But I 100% accept the situation the way it is. I don't explain it away. Yeah? I do not. Because life is always what it is. And this is the challenge. That you have things coming up in your life and you, you don't really know what that teaches you. And you have to find a way how to listen. That's what you have to do. This is a part of our belief that we have to be able to listen to our own life. Well, that's the question. How do you listen? You know? That's a super tragedy which happened there in Mexico. And that is like when you want to listen and you hear the boom from which makes you nearly deaf, you know? Because it's such a strong voice which like it's very difficult to discern something with your ears. But it's also for the good, you know. Something good happens. So the, how do you relate to that? How that it educates you? Something good happens. By me it was. Yeah. Something happens which was unexpected. It was unbelievable that, this, that I should have this opportunity. Yeah? Unbelievable. So what do I do? I say, ah, fine, such a good thing. Well, I got money, let's say. Money or, or uh, when you would win the lottery. You, would you want to win? Someone wants over here to win the lottery. Someone, someone makes the lottery over here. So he wants to win. You would want to win the lottery? Huh? Yeah. yeah? Money? No. no. Someone wants want to win? Yeah. You want to? And give it all to the duck. No, that you shouldn't do. Uh, you shouldn't win the lottery. You know, but, uh, but, uh, so I feel like I already won. What? I feel like I already won. It's what? I already won the lottery. You already won the lottery? Yeah. Where? By being here. By being here. Ah. <laughs> that's good. So that's, a, that's another lottery. Yeah, that's good. But there are, pe- there are people which are, they want to win uh, a lot of money or they get money. I, I myself, for example, I have a curl, you call them. I try to educate adults. It's a tricky thing, you know. <coughs> yeah, to educate adults. Today, I, try, I will try to educate people which educate others. Because once in a while, they, are, they don't know how to educate. They know how to learn, but they don't know how to deliver things in a way which makes sense. So I try to educate them. People are so interested that they gave money. So I could say, oh, Bo Hashem, very nice. I got the money. I feel so great. I don't know what to do. I'm an important person, you know. People really hold of me. And they express that with a donation. <laughs> Silly guy, you know. Idiotic. No, no. 
I, 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 I feel cornered, you know. I have to do something over here which I don't really know exactly what I will do, but I have to do something. So, my life is teaching me something that you have inner forces which you don't know them. And you will be able to activate them. I don't know. I don't know. I sit here, I have to think, I have to break my head, what can I do? But I have to, and the message is, you could do it. Because people support you. No? They believe in you. You could do it. I never thought I can do that. But I could do it. And I have to take up that challenge, what my life guides me towards, and it's not easy. It's scary. Yeah? Okay? So your life educates you. Do you experience that in your own life? That your own life educates you? Yeah? Out of difficulties or out of good things? Both? Both. Uh -huh. Good. You see that? You are educated through your life. Would you be happy to enhance your education? That's the question of Emuda. That is the question of Torah. Torah enhances the educational process of the person. It enhances that. When you have a framework of Torah, you are able to relate to things with all different kinds of subtleties, which otherwise you can't. Because otherwise you only stay with your own mindset. Only you, you, you make it a little bit better, you know. You move it a little bit. But the basic thing which is existing within you is your own mindset. When I learn, then I learn Torah, I see things which I would never dream that this is possible. Never. Never ever. I give you an, an example. I don't know whether you learned that or you didn't learn that. But we had our first father was Abraham. That's right, you heard about him. That's right. And he, he was, he was uh, uh, obligated, uh, he was told that he should make the Brit, the Brismile. He was 99 years old and he did that. Now, and now he sits and he waits for guests. That's what he does. But the, the Torah says that Hashem didn't want, he didn't want to make him having guests because he was 99 years old and after an operation, you know, you shouldn't have guests. So what did he do? He made the weather outside like the hottest day in Iraq. That is around, I know, I only know centigrade, you know, it's around 50 centigrade, you know. Dangerous to walk around. Dangerous. No normal person walks around. So that's a very good way to say it. I make it so hot, no one walks around. Now you'll be safe. You don't. No one will bother you. No one will come to you. But Avram of Yinu, you call him Avram of Yinu, or Abraham, when you want to say it like this, he was sitting there and he wanted to have guests, but no one walks around. But he wanted to have guests. No one walks around. 
and that's why there were three people which that was a miracle, there were three angels the way the, the Torah says and they, they, they were um, appearing like people and they came as guests good are you crazy? that's a nudnik now I am standing next to Times Square not good to stand there, but like say, I stand next to Times Square, and there's an old lady from one side, and I tell her, I want to make really um, loving kindness, or chesed. I'll bring you over the street. And she says, I don't want to go over the street. And I tell her, but I am really have an urge to help a person, but I don't need it. I mean, I want to help, but I don't need it. And then I take her and move when no one needs it, so don't think about your loving kindness. Just sit still in your home, and no one walks by, so no one needs you. So fine. Why are you saying, Naha, it's so hot outside, no normal person, it's dangerous to walk outside, no normal person walks outside, I am now sitting here, and I'm not waiting for guests and longing for guests because no one needs me now. There won't be anyone walking around. No. Abraham sits there and he says, I want to have guests. Why? You would think that's a good way to do to do to to make him make you know how do you call that? To make Achnos Solchim, how do you say that in English? To make um, to receive guests. That's a good way? That you want to have guests against all the odds? Silly. Let's be no. honest. Silly? Not a good idea. What? Not a good idea. Not a good idea, that's right. So why does the Torah say that? The Torah wants to give you a bad idea? So why does the Torah say that? You should make, you have guests even though you are no one needs you why, why should that be the real way to do to, to bestow goodness on a person why? he doesn't need you oh. Oh. no, no, not good but that's the way it's said you see the Torah broadens your horizon you yourself would never think like this but the Torah thinks like this and now you have to work it out. What could be the content there? Why should it be a good idea? <coughs> I can't stay with I also had this question. I learned this, this uh, piece of the Torah with my granddaughters. And I asked them, Abraham, Abraham was the biggest, perhaps you know what that means, nudnik. You know what a nudnik is? He was the biggest nudnik in the world. Because why did you wait for guests when there is no possibility that someone could, should show up, you know? Why should you say, I want to have guests and there's 50 centigrades outside? I want to have guests. Why, why, why do you do that? Big question, that's right. But now you have to measure up with that. That's what Torah does, Torah does to you. you. You are broadening your horizon in those qualities. Because in my own way, the quality is only that when someone needs you, needs me, you know, when you need me, then I give you what you need. 
But yet, no one needs me. I will not do anything. You know. So you don't need me. So fine. Um, good. So why should I do that? Now, you said you went won the lottery. That's right. Before you entered this program, you felt you need such a program? I felt I needed something. Something. Is there someone over here? Okay, that's good. Is there someone over here which before he entered such a program, he didn't feel anything that he needs something like this? You? Good. But you are happy now to be here? Yeah. But you didn't need it. I thought I did it. Ah! But I, I, when you would come to me and I would mm. tell, I want you to do that. And I don't need a shriach, you know, to the rabbi, you know, I just, you know, I'm fine, you know. I'm happy. I don't need your input. There is a deeper way of go, giving a good thing to another person. That means that they give him something which he is not aware that he needs it. So the real loving kind I don't know what means loving kindness, but that's it. Did you want to think why in English you say loving kindness? That shows to me that the British people don't make so much chesed. Otherwise, it would be a short word. When you use a word a lot, that means then you have a short word, no? But when you have to say loving kindness, that means you don't do it often. Because <laughs> it's a long word, you know? But in Hebrew, you saw that chesed. Ah, that's what you do, you know? That's the same thing, you know? It's a short word. So the real chesed, the depth of chesed is giving something to a person, even obviously, he is not demanding it. Wow. You see, the Torah broadens the horizon. You could have a lesson in your world which you didn't dream about. Because you were only caught by your own by your own uh, mindset. And then your ears are very small. You can't hear a big lesson because I am not used to that. I am. I have here a small, small, a small opening, and this small opening is only taking in as much as I'm used to. It comes to Torah makes like this, the Torah makes like this rule, and then that gets big, and this opening is bigger, and then I can get lessons from my own life. I didn't dream about them beforehand. I didn't. I didn't. I, was, I wasn't aware that, that, that you make good with a person when he doesn't demand it. Leave him alone. You know? No? And not only in spiritual senses, you know? It's also in a very simple way. When you, you will, uh, so God will, you, you will marry and you'll have children. And the whole point of educating your children is that you will reveal to them things which they don't demand. Because when you only give them what they demand, you spoil them and you destroy them and you don't make them grow. 
Because the real thing is that you give things which the other one does not demand. Only you know it's good for him. But the question is how to do that. Nahon. You don't take, uh, take it like a like a parvaz, how do you call it in English? Like a a duck, you know? You know, when you feed the duck against his will, you make like this. That's the, not the way to do it. No, you have to do it in a way which is pleasant and understandable. But that is a broadening of your whole horizon. You broaden your horizon. That's the Torah does. But the point is that we want that our own life should make me grow. But when I am involved in the learning process of Torah, my ears are much bigger than beforehand. And I can get messages which I didn't dream about than beforehand. I didn't think about that. I, didn't, I wasn't aware that this is a message you could get. Yeah? That is what in store in the Torah. That's what in store. Yeah? You are... I, I remember myself when I had a connection to my rabbi. I had, a, I had a personal connection. That was a big benefit I had. I had a personal connection for 23 years with one of the biggest people which were then in that generation. So, I, it was, he was, came from Germany and I came from Switzerland so I was able to speak German and that was very, he was very happy about that. And uh, we spoke and we learned together and have, I had a very very strong personal connection with him. Very strong. Uh, so, I saw things by him which I myself would never think that that's the way you have to do it. Never ever. But my ears were growing. And I understood there are things in life which you could do and you could react to what's happening in a much bigger way than what I, what I was used beforehand in my own little world. And that's the way a person is growing. He's growing. There are bigger things and other things which he's able to listen to. Here, you are growing. That's the major part, here. You know, a listening ear. That's the major part, here. You have to listen. To listen to what the Torah says. And you have to listen to your own life. Yeah? I always say that's why you have two ears. With one ear, you listen to what the Torah says. And with the other ear, you listen what your life says. And then, then you are growing. Then you are growing. Then you can grow. So that is what I wanted to tell you. As you, that you, had, you have your own life history, which is very important. You can't throw it away. And your life always teaches you something. Always. Okay? But you want to be a better listener to your own life. That's partially why you are learning Torah. In order that you should listen better to your own life. What is the lesson which is included over here? Okay? That's what I want to say. That is. And now he said, uh, the rabbi said, you, perhaps there, you want to ask, you want to discuss something. I don't. It's, that's, that's basically a, a beginning of a discussion, this whole thing. Yeah? It's not that, uh, yeah, you can say something. Yeah? What if you what 
this most probably is because you don't know where the Torah is which relates to your life. It's not opposed. It's in your way opposed. But the incident, every incident you could, you could, um, you could, uh, you could in, 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 interpret it. It could be interpreted in different ways. Your life doesn't speak a clear language. It's not. You know? When I see someone sleeping, he could be lazy, he could be tired, he could be responsible because he has to be, he has to be very alert later on. He could, it could be five, ten different reasons why a person is sleeping, horizontally. Yeah? So, the life doesn't speak a clear language. So, most probably when you have something in your life which you feel that only points in a direction which is opposed to Torah, you could approach that incident in a different way too. That is my own life experience. Yeah? yeah. Uh, can you give an example of when you drawn from a positive experience? What you draw from a... From a positive experience. A positive experience, yeah. yeah. An example. An example. Yeah. Let's see. An example. Yeah, wait. Uh, I want to say something which was for real, not uh, I, I could make something up, you know. Like I could do too. But uh, let's see. Yeah. Um, I I um, was sitting with people. Let's say I was. Uh, that happens to me a lot. I sit with people which are. Uh, very far from my own approach to life. Yeah. That could be non-Jews, that could be people which are have other interests at all. And I see it was a very interesting and fruitful in, endeavor or in, uh, encounter with them. A thing which I didn't think beforehand. Where I think, when you think you have a good encounter with a person, you always think, I have a good encounter with a person which have to say it has the same wavelength as me. And suddenly I see I have a very good encounter with a person which is entirely different than me. He thinks entirely different. But it was very interesting with him. Yeah? That is a good experience. So what does it teach me? It teaches to me that I can myself function or or Yes, function or doing things in a way which I think by myself that they are wrong. No, he is wrong. He is not. He is not going according to what I think should be done. But I can be bigger than myself. I can include something which is not my wavelength in my own life. That makes me grow tremendously. Yeah? That happens to me a lot. For example, yeah, yeah. What would you want to say? Um, growing up, like secularists could be to being well, um, to be like such a like, high level as right now. What what experience can you draw off of the many people that grew up from a girl from the get go being religious as a, as a like rabbi versus like your experiences? I, what um, I didn't uh, I didn't really understand. What could I take out from your your way of? from being 
secular as you need to be the rabbi you are today compared to other rabbis, many of them grew up. From? From, yes. So what could I take out from that, that I grew yeah, up secular? You personally, you personally. What, what experience can you say that you use on a, like, a daily basis that other rabbis that grew up from? Don't have. Don't have. <laughs> yeah. I can't judge other people to say they don't have it. I only can, what, can say what I think, that I have a benefit. Okay? I can't judge other people. I can't do that. But the benefit we, I have is that I do not easily push away a, um, a, 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 behavior, a, a way of behavior which I intrinsically think is wrong. Because also from such a behavior, or from such a person, something can grow. I don't have to force the person out of his behavior. I will try to make him um, grow. I can't tell you from my, own, from my own experience how that worked. I myself, when I, I tell you the truth, don't be taken aback, I myself I'm a, I have a character disposition which I do not like to be with people. I'm not Asperger, I'm not schizophrenic, I'm not uh, sick, you know, but I, I, I love to be alone. I'm not the, the people's person. I will never go to a mass event, you know, like, uh, how do you call it? Making a making a shaking No, no, no. <laughs> massive no going going with a with a with a shield and have canal. How do you call that? Protest. A protest. You know, you go hundred thousand people. I was also there. I was with uh, two hundred thousand people in one place. A You know, I stay home. <laughs> I don't go. <laughs> I don't go. I don't. I don't go to a massive I don't. I, I don't want to be that. A person should be here, and here, and here, and here, straight. Now I want to be, I, my own, I need my own space. I don't. I don't. But, I had a life experience, which I saw that people need help. And I saw that people need input. I saw that with my own eyes. I was only 16 years old. But that was the beginning of that, that I understood. I have to grow out of my comfort zone. Because out of my comfort zone, and now, to your amazement, I am better helping people than others. Because the one which is naturally embracing you, this once in a while is not such a comfortable feeling for you. You had once someone put an arm around your shoulder and you made like this? You had that? You had it? Yeah, I had it too, you know. I don't, no, you don't want someone uh, is like an octopus, you know. You have two, you take one off, and then the other one comes. And then you take that one off, and then the other one comes, you know. You don't want that. Please. So, so I know, I, I know. No, I, I'm not making like this. I do not, don't do that. But I help better than others, because I'm interested in helping you. I'm not interested in contact with you. I'm interested in helping you. That is much more fruitful. 
And now you have, I have a person by me, let's say, a student, which a student is only for himself. And you give up on him. So that, that student, he will be an egoist, you know. He only thinks about himself, and he only enjoys, I enjoyed mathematics, which is, that's not such a thing which you are afterwards speaking with others. I was, I enjoyed mathematics. Someone of you studied mathematics? So when, I, when you studied mathematics, I enjoyed uh, logic and group theory and, and uh, Kanto, Mengen theory. I, I was reading books where there was no English word written in there. There were only symbols shifting throughout the page and it was fascinating. Aha! <laughs> That's the way I write a book, you know. Crazy. So you can't communicate. And then I went home and I played the piano for five hours. That's it. I was studying mathematics, playing the piano. Studying mathematics, playing the piano. That's it. So that is a guy which will never, ever have any contact with people. I give up on him. And now I not. I don't give up on that one because I was exactly like this. You see? I was exa- I, we didn't grow up the way you should grow up. In a way, no. I, in what? I say in a way, uh, what you just said is kind of like have something like with my life. In a way, I relate to that. Ah, you can relate to that. Okay. So this I didn't know. But, uh, but uh, this, this, I don't give up on the guy. Because I was in the same place. And I saw you can't change. And someone which is from from birth, a lot of times, they don't believe you could change. Because, hello, you have to be different. No, you don't have to be different. You can't be exactly the way you are. And they don't give up. That's a benefit, for example, for my own life. Yeah? Okay? Yeah, Mashi? You said that... Uh Setting goals is a bad idea because it limits your yeah. possibilities for growth, and we have small ears. And yeah. What about like setting goals around like religious goals? Like I want to finish this masecta by the end of the year, or when it comes to like musr, you know, I want to be a more patient person. How do you how do you approach musr if you can't set goals? Musa is is not so much about setting goals. Musa is about that you are um, you are. It's not a goal. The pro- I, I, I will explain that to you because that's an unclear language. The point of a goal is that you focus on where you are not. Clear? A goal is all, only that makes sense that you are not there, otherwise not a goal. Yeah? You are you're focusing on where you are not. I am not yet there by lifting 120 kilo. So I have to work on that. That's the goal. And the whole point of the goal is because I am not there, it's a, it's a goal. And the Torah says, concentrate on what is within you and make that grow. Yeah? So Musa is exactly about that. When you learn Musa about being Zrizus um, or whatever it is, you have to detect that you have that within you. And you can make that grow. It's not that you put that outside of you and say, I have to reach there. No. I have to listen to myself. And I have to reveal that I have a beginning of this quality which I can make grow. So that's what Musa is. So it's not... It's, it's, you could call that goal. 
But the whole problem of the goal is that you are focusing on somewhat something which you are not. And that's, that's a sick mindset, you know. Why should I always think about something I am not there? I want to think where I am, a beginning, you know, and let that grow, and make that grow, foster that, yeah? So this is the difference between a goal and not. That's what I meant. A goal is, is based on that, that you are not there. That's why it's a goal, no? Otherwise, no, no goal. And that's a very, very dangerous mindset, that you concentrate on where you are not. You should concentrate on where you are. That's what I meant with life is educating you, you know. I have something, I have my experience, I have my qualities, I have my things. I can make them grow. But how do I make them grow? The Torah gives them much more growth and much more possibilities to grow than my own mindset by itself. Yeah? Yeah? What do you think was the most important thing you learned from Rav Volva? Not to answer such a question. <laughs> that was the most important thing. Uh, don't know. Um, I want to relate to that in order to give you something for your for for your thought process. I do understand uh, the the question, and people ask me that. And there are other questions you could you could ask. People are very very happy with that. That they say. Um, what would you take with you? Which book would you take with you when you would be alone on the island or whatever? Something like this. Yeah. So, I want to tell you, life is much more complex. And a, a seeming depth which emerges because you put limits, that's artificial. What would you do in your last minute in your life? I want to live in a sensible way within my life. The last minute will be the last minute of that process. What shall I do, you know? But it seems like a very important question. What would you take with you when you can only take one book on an island? The depth of the question comes because of the limits I set. Because only one book I can take. And that sounds like very interesting. That's not so interesting because I'm not going on an island. And I won't take one book with me, you know, I don't. No, so, so it's not so interesting. I mean, you understand? Einstein said that. There was a, a television show which, which said, what would you do in the last five minutes of your life? And the Einstein was asked to join, and then he answered that. What I do in the last five minutes is not so important. It's much more important what do I do during life. Yeah? So he revealed to the guy that this depth, seeming depth of making a limit, say the last five minutes, the only thing, the biggest thing, that this is a depth which is way too simplistic and way it sounds like deep, but it's not. Yeah? So the same thing. When you ask me, what is the main idea? I have absolutely no clue what's the main idea. Ah, it's one thing. No, it's not one thing. It's a whole life. You know? You have what? Three months. Think about the tripod. Yeah? What's the main leg on the tripod? Any of them? What? Any of them? Oh. But what's the main one? The one! 
there's all the three needs. Otherwise, it will fall down, you know. So you can't ask by a tripod, what's the main leg? What's the main leg? What's the main leg? What's the other drive up home, you know? I need all the three. So, similar with that, you know? When you ask me, what's the main thing? I say, no, I had a tripod by the Mashgiach, by Ravobe. Or I had a centipod, or whatever it is. So I can't, I can't, I can't take one out, then the whole thing would fall, you know? I can't. That you, you, for example, you see, uh, it's, uh, that's what you have perhaps learned when you learned that uh, Mr. Shom. It's also the, the it, it doesn't bring that, but uh, it says in the Pirkei Avos. You heard that once. Pirkei Avos says the world is on three things based, and then you ask, what's the main thing? That's the silly question, like by the tripod. What's the main thing of these three? No, when you need three, then you need three. And when one falls away, dark, the whole thing collapses, you know. You need all the three. There's not one main. Okay? Excuse me to ask to answer this question like this. Fine. But I think it's fine for you, you know. But do you want to ask us? Yeah. You mentioned at sixteen years old you discovered that you could, you know, help people. Yeah. What what did you discover about yourself or about other people that that led to that realization? I was with some with a maniac. In a, I was a maniac in a tent alone in Norway, in Narvik. You know what Narvik is? The sun doesn't set there in the summer. So I was able at 12 o'clock by night to read the newspaper like this. And that guy uh, was maniac. That means, maniac means 24-7, not 24-7, but 24 hours. Not like you are mentally ill. It was like uh, like a volcano coming out in front of me, of a person, you know. Then I understood that a person is not a simple thing. I always thought a person was a simple thing, and I saw that person blow up in front of me, you know. And then I understood within me, perhaps, there's also such a volcano, you know. Only the pieces are holding together, but when it would shift, watch! What, who knows what comes out? People need help. People need balance. That's what I saw. Okay? You want to ask something? Yeah. So, like, I like your answer about, like, replying to him, about, like, you can't, like, minimize it, but, like, I feel like his question is more based on, like, can I get, like, one random piece, like, one random tidbit that's, like, for us to share now for a little bit. So, if I can modify his question, like, what's, like, the first thing that comes to mind? What's one thing, like, like, what would be the first thing that comes to mind? When I speak about, or think about my Rebbe. Yeah, the first thing. Let's see. What's the first thing? I think about the first thing. <laughs> he had a beer. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, uh, the first thing which which, I, which comes to mind when I think about him is the emphasis on that that the person is bigger than what he thinks. You are bigger than what you are. <coughs> That's what you are. It sounds like crazy, but you are bigger than what you are. Not what you think you are. No, no, no. You are bigger than what you are. That's what you are. You are bigger than what you are. That's what comes to mind. So this is like a cryptic thing, you know. That's right. Now you look at me like, that's crazy. <laughs> this is really crazy. That's a real craze. But that's what a human being is. 
I am. <coughs> Tangible. That's what I am. But I am much more. Yeah? But I am much more than what I am. I have something above me, which is a part of me. It's not, I, I have an optical illusion and I'm a really bigger. No, no. I am what I see. That's good. No optical illusion. But the point of human being is that he is more than what he is. That's the whole point. That you are more than what you are. So that's the first thing when I think about him. That's what I saw. How do you show someone that? Or show yourself that? Someone I don't know. Yourself that comes that that doesn't show up always, you know, you are not always in that mood. But once in a while you are that can happen by learning by me, that happened by by learning and I had an insight in learning and the insight was like was 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 overwhelmingly deep, which was beyond my Capacity to be there. You know, I, I said something which is like the very big people 500 years ago said. And I had the feeling I was touching upon something which is way above my own little world. That was in learning. Or once in a while, also in contemplating when, I, when I'm davening, you know, in a prayer, once in a while I, you, I feel that my standing there reveals to me something which was concealed beforehand, and that was living a good life. It wasn't, wasn't, uh, it wasn't that I, I, no, it was, it's something, which, and I couldn't live there. It's, it's overwhelming. I don't know whether you had that once, that you, it was something so strong with you that you want to escape, because it's not you, it's, it, 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 you can't take that, you know, it's too much. But, it's a part of me, but it's too much. So that is like something like that. And that, that I felt when I came in contact with my Rebbe, I felt I came, I came in contact with a person which showed me that there, when he learned with me, you know, when he learned with me, he, he, he was torturing me. I couldn't record, I couldn't write down, I had to sit there, and there was an hour, an hour and a half, one by one two hours once in a while, I, I begged, I davened to Hashem, he should cease that thing, you know, I can't, my head is just bursting. And he went further on. It was like a torture. But he taught me, and he showed me, you could be more than what you are. And that was the work, you know, and I was like, Rrr. that was the work. Okay? So that's what I wanted to tell you. Hopefully that was interesting for you. And uh, you have to know that it's a, you are in a very important place. Because revealed to you, you reveal by yourself a world which is yourself. But it's bigger than what you thought till now. And it makes you, enables you to listen and to hear messages from your own life which are bigger than what you thought you are. And that's what we want. We want a big person. The Torah wants a big person, doesn't want small people. Big. And you
you are able to grow. That's the path we are going now. Okay? That's what I want to say. At calm. Good? Thank, Thank you, Rabbi. That's it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Rabbi.